Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey there. Before we get started, I do want to say a quick thank you to you. Yes, all of you, because this is our 50th episode. Thanks for taking us this far. We'll keep going a little bit longer, huh? Still some things we're curious about. But we're here to learn something, so let's get to it. I promised this one last week, something special. Climbing Mount Everest. I want to know what it's like to make it to the top of the world. So high the jet stream can hit it. I've got two guys who have done this. No theme song today, because we're just going to get going. And warning, we might be a little bit longer than our usual 10 minutes. We'll see how it all shakes out. Great. Yep. My name is Adrian Ballinger. I'm the founder of Alpenglow Expeditions and a big mountain climber, skier, and mountain guide. Sure. I'm Tim Medvitz. I'm the founder of the Heroes Project. I also was one of the featured climbers in the Discovery Channel, Everest Beyond the Limits. A little bit about these guys. Adrian, long career in the big mountains. He summited Everest eight times, once without oxygen. The little bottles and the mask and all that. The stuff you usually need so you don't die. More on that later. Tim was in a really bad wreck years back. We could do a whole show on his story. It's incredible. But they told him he might not walk again. He kicked drugs and alcohol, moved to Nepal, lived with Sherpas. Amazing. Yeah, I'm a little bit of an extremist. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to hear a lot about willpower. But first, let's do some of the basics. How many climbers are we up to now? It's like five... 6,000 maybe? Yeah, that's exactly right. There's been over 10,000 ascents now, but many of those ascents were done by people like me or people like the Sherpa who have multiple ascents. So yeah, the number of actual people, some are under 5,000, fewer than 200 without supplemental oxygen. And so where does somebody even start? Obviously, this is not something you just say, I think in a few months, I'm going to go do this. Uh, It takes months or years to get ready, right? Adrian, you're part of that because the guide company and and annual summits, but fitness and then a lot of time? Sure. I mean, you know, you don't have to be superhuman, but what you do need is to put a number of years into gaining experience in progressively higher mountains to know what happens when, you know, it all goes wrong. The key is, though, don't just go straight to Everest. Right. So for Tim, I said went to Nepal, but then once he got there, it was four years after climbing all over the place. You'll get some of the best athletes in the world and they get up to 14, 15,000 feet and they just fall apart. You know, some people just can't acclimate. And so it was just like you said, the baby steps. I'm going to go climb a 17,000 foot mountain. Okay, great. 17,000 foot mountain. That's the altitude at base camp. So if you can't, make it, <laughs> you can't get up 70,000 feet, you'll never be able to can't get to base camp on Everest. And then the final piece you need is like mental strength. 
And that can come in many different ways, but an ability to suffer for a number of days in a row is essential to success on Mount Everest. Suffer is the key word because you're not going to have a great time. Base camp, yeah, 17,000. The top of the place, 29,000. So let's talk about base camp or camps, right? There's two, one in Nepal, one in Tibet. There's two different ways to get up. And remember, at base camp, we are already higher than anywhere in the lower 48. And then there are going to be hundreds of tents. On the Nepal side, you might have a thousand people at base camp during the season, which is in April and May. On the Chinese side, you might have about 400 climbers in base camp. And it's one of my favorite parts of the expedition. We'll spend weeks meeting people from all over the world who are all passionate about climbing. You know, you're going to other camps, you're visiting guys, and you've been there numerous times, like myself, like Adrian, like you get to know everybody, you know, all the Sherpas, you know, the different teams. The sun's shining, you got your shirt off, you're kicking back with the tunes on, you're cracking a beer, and just like this this city that is built. Places I didn't know I wanted to have a beer, but now I do. Mount Everest, we're adding it to the list. Now, here's something. When it comes to actually going up, this is not one and done. So one thing a lot of people don't realize is you don't climb Mount Everest just once on an expedition. You actually go up most of the mountain somewhere between three and five times progressively slightly higher each time, creating new red blood cells, helping your body to acclimatize, and then down to base camp to rest. You know, they never really show that in the documentaries. Four camps above base camp, so total of five there. And on that final summit push, it'll take somewhere between four and six days to go from base camp through the progressively higher camps to the final summit push will be about 3,000 vertical feet, climbing from 26,000 feet to the summit at 29,000 feet, and then back down as far as you can get down the mountain. Safety is in getting lower, no matter how tired you are. So your goal is to get as low as you can on the mountain where your body can survive. Your body can't survive at that altitude. Like if I were to take you, put you, any of your listeners, take them, put them in a helicopter, fly them up to the summit of Everest, drop them off, pulmonary edema, the lungs start flowing with water, cerebral edema, the brain starts swelling, and then boom, you're dead. So what we do is when we get there, we climb high, we sleep low. So you're constantly going up and down, up and down. Here's a question I didn't think of until doing this. Can you sleep when it's windy or when it's that cold or when you're that tired and you're stuffed into the, the warmest sleeping bag you can find? Or is this like resting your eyes? You know, my grandma used to say that I'm not asleep. I'm resting my eyes. That's all you could do. But it's actually one of the things that I had to learn is not sleeping and not eating well. And like you said, your body atrophying, like we're used to doing things like marathons or Ironmans or, you know, high school sports where like when you go into game day, you're at your absolute best. And in this sport, game day, summit day, you're usually at your absolute worst physically. And so you need to figure out, like have a strength, I think, of mental emotional strength where you can not get too anxious feeling bad. Okay, so I'm doing that and we're going up. Well, you're going up and I'm talking to you from here on the ground. What is it actually like? There were these viral pictures a while back of this huge line kind of snaking its way up. And a lot of people saw that on Instagram. They're like, wait, what? Is it like that? Absolutely. I mean, one thing, you're kind of hitting some of my soapbox issues about Everest. I'm obviously (laughs) strongly opinionated because I've been going there since 2007. You know, the overcrowding we're seeing where you see those huge lines, those are an issue. There's a big sense of kind of like following the herd happening on Mount Everest. I think a lot of it has to do with inexperience, not only from the clients, but also from the expedition leaders leading teams. So when someone decides there's a good weather forecast 
everyone goes together and think they have to go on that day. My teams have never gone on a day with more than I'd say about 50 or 60 climbers. You know, almost like being in high school at the cafeteria, I've been yelled at that there's no cutting. And we're using mountaineering skills. Chances are my yeah. team was one of the teams putting in the lines it's in like the first place. We're and climbing then we're a mountain, guys. Not- yeah. <laughs> That's right. Also, it's just dangerous to be in one because you're not moving. You're going to get too cold. You're also going to go through your oxygen just standing around. When you are working your way up, is this step, breathe, step? Do you have to constantly push yourself? Is it scary like every time? I'd say everyone's different. I listen to music. I'll often have one AirPod in listening to music while the other (laughs) one's kind of listening for the mountain and things like that. Everyone does their own things. Chant mantras or just go deep into that like cone that your headlamp is putting out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Summit Ridge is, no matter how many times I've been up there, it's, it's scary. And every single time I'm up there, I'm like, what the hell are you doing up here, man? Like, and a lot of that factors in is that, you know, you're passing all of these climbers that didn't make it down. 100%. Yeah. And I don't want to exaggerate how dangerous it is, but every year there are fatalities on the mountain. Every year we're going to lose people that you've met or had a drink with or climbed on a fixed rope with or crossed a ladder with. We won't dwell on this too long, but it is a fact of the mountain. And one important thing to note is this. Most of those people that died up there made the summit. But they couldn't make it down. And you just know you're low on oxygen moving really slow it's getting late in the day anything can happen up there and that brings us to a story from adrian i told you he's one of the few to do this without oxygen it took him two tries the first one in 2016 he had to stop and he was just a couple hundred feet from the actual summit it's not so much thinking but there's like a gut feeling that was building up in me and i had teammates on radios no one with me but on radios helping me and i was slurring my words my gps was showing that i was moving too slowly his hands they were so cold he couldn't clip onto the ropes and it just got to the point that i realized if i kept going i was going to get myself killed second time the next year he made it but it was 43 hours round trip for the summit day and uh it was the hottest thing i've ever done it's about time to round this out and we will end well we're gonna end where you want to go at the top tell me everything yes i'll start with the easy one the 360 i mean you truly are on the tallest place on the planet you see just thousands and thousands of mountains as far as the eye can see in one direction looking into tibet looking into nepal you see all the way down to the jungle and usually by the time you summon in late may or early june it's actually what's called the monsoon season and so usually you're looking down on huge storm clouds with lightning in them and you're above them yeah man surreal um i guess everybody has their own journey my journey was from the hospital bed to the summit of everest and it was the, the wheelchair to the walker with the tennis balls on it, to the cane, you know, to the gym, to a small hike, you know, joining a mountaineering course and, you know, this whole journey all the way. And so for me, it was a super emotional moment for me. I mean, I definitely cried like a little girl. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. But after that moment's over and you're crying, you're down on one knee, you realize that it's literally like the most quietest place on the planet. And you're standing where only about four or 5,000 people have stood. And you look out into the horizon and you can literally see the curvature of the earth. Yeah, it's all that suffering, all that training, just for those 10 minutes, that moment up there, it's just worth every minute. 
there's nothing in the world I can't do. I really like this one. And I really like these guys because you wonder who does that. Well, these two, they do that. So another thanks to them and another thanks to you. Been working on a few things, building up some of the quick questions you all have been sending in. I've got questions at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's also in the show notes. Also, I went back to some of the original questions that we never got to when we kind of launched the show, like way down my list. We never ended up doing those, but I've got them scheduled. If you're so inclined, hit that five-star button on the reviews because that would be cool, and we'll do something new next Thursday. Keep on climbing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.